You're listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 463. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our look at season two of the HBO Max series, Be Foreigners. And as we were just saying a couple minutes ago, we've got two more after tonight, and then it's crunch time for our decision-making. But, hey, we've been up against bigger walls than that. Sure. Yeah, this wall's nothing. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we are recording on Memorial Day here in the States, and and I know I speak for you when we just want to thank everybody that's ever served our country in any capacity through the military, and and, uh, just don't know what we do without you guys. Yep. So actually celebrate Memorial Day by going and seeing Top Gun. There you go. All right. Yep. And you were saying it was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Definitely. Uh, especially if you, you know, which is a lot of people. I know, like, because obviously the, the original movie was very, very popular. Um, so if you if you like the first one, you're you're pretty much guaranteed to uh, to like this one, too. Well, you know what I was thinking when we were talking a few minutes ago is that Top Gun was that movie that the stereo dealers used to show you how good their speakers were. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you've got to get the quad system. I mean, come on, just stand in the middle and listen to this. Right, right. <laughs> like, okay, I'm sold. Wrap it up. I'll take it. Well, yeah, now I go and see it in a movie theater with, you know, like has obviously the sound was amazing, but it was actually like this Dolby thing where like your chair shakes and everything. So, <laughs> nice. Uh, so whenever like a plane took off, you know, your chair would shake and everything it was it was pretty wild, I have to admit. It was. Uh, it's not the first. I think we went and saw Spider Man No Way Home. We saw it with this Dolby experience or whatever. That was. It was pretty cool then, but I mean, like you know, Top Gun was definitely the type of movie you really want to, you know, go see when it shakes the 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 seats every time there's a takeoff or an explosion or something. It was. It was pretty wild. Cool. All right, well, let's get to what we're watching. Um, for me, I finished Banshee season four, finished the series. It was really good. I, I can't recommend it highly enough. And there was a surprise appearance of one of our favorite genre actresses in the fourth season. I'm not going to say who that is, but I, I didn't know it was coming because I learned my lesson i stayed out of imdb as much as possible so uh so that was certainly cool but what i did last night i've been meaning to do for a little while especially after the news about the new actors for the forthcoming doctor who and that they are bringing back a character that is, is apparently named rose and then of course as we were discussing it got us to talk about rose tyler's um you know really her uh fate in season two or series two of doctor who so i went back and i rewatched the last two episodes of series two and again it's been so long that i really forgot the details i mean you know i i knew where she ended up but i couldn't really remember how she got there right and then of course you know that's not the end of it so uh i'm i've got some more episodes to rewatch. but uh <laughs> look looking forward to your girl popping up here in the next episode Catherine tate yeah 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 yep yeah. visit Back to the uh, the halcyon days of the Russell T Davies era. That was uh, kind of, you know, be lying if I said I wasn't psyched to see what he's going to come up with. Um, and, and and dude, that was as soon as they were rolling the credits and the written by Russell T Davies. I'm like thinking, this is what Doctor Who is supposed to be. So, yeah. Russ, we're counting yeah. on you, big guy. <laughs> Yeah, right. I, I don't mean to denigrate all of Chris Chibnall's work because I think he there were some really strong episodes in there. Um, but I think just as a whole, I, th- I just think the the writing wasn't quite as good, and I, and more, part of it might be that it seems like he did a lot more of the writing instead. You know, so I think maybe instead of running just running the show, he was like kind of in control of too much of it. You know. Instead of letting his his writers, I don't know if that's the truth or not. Again, it's just um, 
because the stuff he'd done before, especially with Tor- Torchwood, I love Torchwood, right? That was great. Yeah, so, sure. uh, you know, yeah. so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But, uh, you know, just uh, as with uh, any change of the regime, I and mean, we, you always hate to see the old doctor go because especially Jody Whitaker has really been spectacular as a doctor and, um, you know, wasn't necessarily, we weren't necessarily ready. I wasn't necessarily ready to, to see her go, but, uh, I understand she put in her three years. That's kind of seems to be the, the, uh, the standard time that, uh, most people spend as a doctor and then they, they move on to other projects and stuff. So, you know, and then it's exciting when you got a, a new guy coming in. Now, one thing that was cool that I'd definitely forgotten about in, uh, you know, one of the episodes that I just rewatched, and it's also the introduction of Torchwood, is that one of the Torchwood employees is played by Freema Agumon, who will end up being Martha Jones, the, the next companion. But I guess at this point, they hadn't right. really planned for that. And I guess maybe they just decided she has so much screen presence she's our she's our pick so uh anyway well, what are you watching did. yeah um so this this was a big week man there's a lot of stuff dropped uh all at once so but i want to start because it kind of ties what we we're just talking about i finished uh season three of sex education and i talked about we both have at different times talked about this show it was really really good at first i mean season two i thought was super strong Season three was, uh, you know, I don't know, but, uh, you know, they're, they're doing a good job of developing these characters and, you know, it's tough. I mean, I can't imagine this show has many more years in it because, um, the actors are, are not staying the same age, but they're all still supposed to be in high school and everything. And I don't know how old Asa Butterfield, I know Chudy Gott was like 29, right? He's probably right. like a 17 year old kid and. I don't know how much on the clock. I guess they're playing upper year high school kids. You know, pretty much have, you know, by and large have finished developing at that point. So I don't know. They could probably go a little bit longer. But, uh, you know, just just, just great. And especially, uh, it's, it's Shooty, right? Shooty? Shooty? Shooty, yep. Shooty Gawa. Um, you know, his character, like, like you, you had said before, before I'd seen it, um, you know, he really does command uh, the screen whenever he he is on screen, and um, the, the the range of that he has shown uh, with this character, uh, he is really. I think he's going to be a spectacular doctor. So, um, yeah, sex education is great, and then we had three shows kind of all drop at the same time, and, and all of them are shows I was very much anticipating. I'll start off. I'm not going to talk a lot about each of them, but like uh, Obi Wan Kenobi was the first of them, and uh, they Disney dropped the first two episodes of that, and they were really good. Like, just uh, yeah, I don't want to talk too much about it because yeah, you know, a I don't want to drop any spoilers. But I mean, if you've seen like the trailer, you know, I mean, obviously we know he's it's after the Jedi had been beaten. He's kind of on his own, Tatooine, trying to keep an eye over Luke. And uh, you know he's it's a much different Obi Wan Kenobi than we saw at the the end of Episode Three, so that was pretty cool there. Uh, the second thing, which I was just watching uh, Episode Four of this right before we start here, was Stranger Things uh, season four. And uh, again, I know you have kind of fallen out of your Stranger Things has fallen out of favor with you. Yeah, you know, so far I like it. You know, it, it's it's. There's definitely some disturbing parts to it, uh, but um, overall, still, it's it's not nearly as as hip or funny, I guess, as it was at first. And you know the the you know kind of cultural references for you know again like children of the '80s like me um, are lessened now, but uh, still, you know, so far, uh, pretty good. And then last but not least is Shorzy. Which is the um, spinoff of Letterkenny? Um, this, <laughs> okay, so. which I still have not seen, and I will get to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, 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 I'm telling you, man, you would love Letterkenny. It's I know, so I know. Um, but the, here's the thing: and Shorzy also is is very funny. I, I, and there's only like seven, six, seven, eight. I think eight half hour episodes. 
watched in like a couple days, you know, the, um, so it's, you know, this guy goes to play for a hockey team and I'm probably gonna mess up her name, but Tasia Tellis, who was Echo oh, from the hundred, the hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's in this. Oh, so okay. She has a main, pretty major role there. So, um, yeah, really good. You know, again, uh, a certain level of humor that if you've watched Larry Kenny, you liked it, you will also love Shorzy. If you watched Larry Kenny and were disgusted by it, then you're probably going to be disgusted by Shorzy as well. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah. So she recovered so, from her knee injury then. Uh, apparently she has. Yeah, she's she's okay. doing all right. Her her knees and look very nice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, interestingly, I think I've mentioned this before, uh, another actor from The 100, the the actress that plays Diosa is one of the main characters in Banshee. Anyway, all right. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. You got a lot on your uh television plate, but Yeah. Well, yeah, out. like I've already seen like Shores you've already knocked out. Uh Stranger Things, there's only like three more episodes left. Uh, well, of course they, they you know, they split the last season up into two parts. So the first part has seven episodes. We just watched four. So, you know, that one will be out, knocked out pretty soon. So, uh, yeah, but it was a, right. it was a big, big week this week. All right. But not so big that you didn't have time for be foreigners. I still had, to, I still four. made time for foreigners. Yes, for sure. Um, see, yeah. Of season two, written by Anne Bjornstad and Ilif Skodvin, directed as always by Jens Lien. This one aired in Europe December 19th, 2021, and in the U.S. January 13th of 2022. So we're getting near the end, starting the back three of the six-episode season. Lars is back on the drops, and we've been talking about you know how much of a factor odin is in his drops use and fred brings that up in his feedback tonight and and i think fred agrees with me that it's it's been and and i think you even said you you see this as well that he's conjured up odin as a means of giving himself permission to get back on the drops now i guess the question is why does he need the drops you know is it a a painkiller is it something else is you know is he you know doing what the uh musicians and artists of the 60s 70s 80s it's like well i need the drugs to open my mind and be more creative and i mean is that what he's up, up doing here i mean i don't know yeah well i mean we've talked about this before because it is definitely unclear like a what these drops make him you know from what we've seen he just takes the drops and falls asleep, right? Like we don't yeah. see him going to a rave or something or running around the streets naked. You know, he just kind of puts the drops in and it seems like he falls asleep. So, um, and even when he was on before, I guess, un, not unlike a, like a functioning alcoholic that could, you know, drink and yet still function, uh, he was able to do normal everyday stuff you know, you know, without people you know, acting all weird and messed up and everything. So, so yeah, it's, it's super unclear as to exactly a, why he takes them, as you said, and B, what impact they have on I mean, his Fred points out, C, he wait, you know, after doing that whole bottle of drops, uh, he wakes up the next day and just kind of goes into work, looks none the worse for wear. Unlike, you know, Al Fielder, when she had her, you know, night out with the mead, uh, she comes in, she's, you know, complete mess. So. Right. And and certainly he has no problem with focus the next day at work. In in fact, for a outside consultant, he is not afraid to take charge and, you know, know, approach his bosses, you know, certainly in, in an aggressive way when he thinks they're making the wrong decision, which they seem to do yeah. <laughs> every time they're given a decision to make. But the other thing, this is obviously a John Roberts-centric episode. And, and if we didn't know it already, we know that John Roberts is a monster. And you know how we know that? 
Because he took the kids' cotton candy. Absolutely. <laughs> we don't need to know anything more than that. Exactly. Right. He is a horrible, horrible person. Though I do wish when we took uh, our oldest two, we took them to Disneyland when they were really little. And uh, as we were leaving the park late at night, uh, we made the really poor decision of getting them some cotton candy for the stroller walk back to the hotel. And um, my, the, my youngest son started jumping on the bed and then immediately threw up all over the bed. When nice, we got back. nice. So, you know, maybe stealing cotton candy, not always a bad thing, but yeah, in this case, yeah, good. <laughs> clearly he's a bad guy. Yep. Now, <laughs> the one thing about John Roberts that maybe I missed it, that, that it's there within the text, but why is he tracking and killing these three women whose files that are, are, are kind of a central part of this episode, because I don't really see a reason why he's doing it unless I missed it. I, I don't think you did. Cause I, well, I could have missed it as well. I'm not saying I didn't see it. So obviously no. my, my assumption is that it has like, maybe he thinks that they can identify him or something like that. I don't know. You're right. He is targeting these specific women. Uh, and, and we don't know why. Right. I mean, I, mean, I, I, don't, think, I don't think we've, because even up till now, we really haven't even known who the women were. Right. Right. I, I mean, the soothsayer was just collateral damage as, as a way to get to, I believe her name's Emma, the, the 19th century woman that has the, the nasal syphilis. And, and that was just a, a means to find out where she is. And then lastly, the, uh, I love the Lars Gregor relationship, uh, certainly as evidence in this episode at the hospital. And you have to love Marie. Uh, he wants to talk to you, but he said something about a, a, a man to man something or, you know, so maybe there's right, something right. he's embarrassed about. And of course we know what it's going to be about and, and that he just doesn't want Marie to know. But I just love the fact that these two could have a really terrible relationship but it's just the opposite i don't want to say they're friends right but they're close i yeah. mean there's there's you know. a they got a little bro action going on here for sure well yeah yeah i mean i think lars understands that that gregor means well and and that uh, as far as stepfathers go ingrid could do a whole lot worse gregor's is learning to come around to some of the 21st century ideas and, and leave some of his 19th century mores behind. And, and as Gregor says, you know, you were simply a father protecting your daughter. So I get what you did. I'm sorry. I bore the brunt of the revenge, but I understand where you were coming from. So I, I really, really dig that relationship and how it's progressed through the two seasons. Especially since we're so used to, especially in, in like a cop show, right? Where the the step, you know, the the ex wife's new husband is a complete a hole, right? And someone that we just despise just because th they have what you know, like we 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 sympathize with the the protagonist. So you know, anyone who is against him is by definition an antagonist and we've seen that so much that it's kind of refreshing now to have this kind of little like i said like they have they're, they're, they're building a little bro relationship here right they're they're, yeah. they're just they're they have the, the the dude's code down and uh they're both respecting it so and, and certainly that kind of leads us into the one storyline which is the fallout from ingrid's pregnancy and you know as we're kind of talking about here olaf's thugs go to beat up lars but you know even before that she uh, you know he gives her that phone that's got two buttons which is a lot of pressure okay this one goes directly to the police and it's going to lead to a full police uh response this one goes to me if the threat's uh you know a little less so apparently she pushed the correct button got him there she found part of a dead animal in her drawer. Yeah. And, and I love her first response is, you know, this is like the mafia. I'm not sure if, if he really has pieced everything 
together yet. I guess he does because he calls Alfeder and they go to confront Sterla at the gym. And this is a problem I have in virtually all shows that that use this sort of a uh, plot point. He picks up a weight. I don't know. What was that? A 10-pound weight maybe? I don't think And he, he whacks was, it, him across it, it, the head. And he just got a concussion? That's yeah. it? Yeah. Um, that's going to do some damage probably. Yeah. Especially I mean, as hard as he swung it. Oh, you know, and, and then I love, and then after that, the two of them run out in the street, they run to the car, he drops the weight in the middle of the street. And, you know, certainly we know that's not going to be the end of it, which of course it isn't when uh, uh, Gregor's takes that beating, but he does get his lick in with his pipe <laughs> was again, yes, just classic. And then he, and then he puts up his Dukes like a, I don't know what it's sort of like a stereotypical 19th century <laughs> yeah, bare like knuckles boxer, Marcus of Queensbury rules type guy. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> right, but that that whole scene, I guess the thing I love about it is that it's serious. You know, we know what they're out to do. We don't necessarily know that they're going to beat up Gregor's by mistake, but that whole the the three thugs they get in the car and the one guy says hey buckle your seatbelt seatbelts are for sissies <laughs> and the other guys go well i'll tell you what's not for sissies and that's paying a couple hundred dollars in fines uh, <laughs> yeah and then of course they get there and the guy in the back can't get out of the seat out of his seatbelt right. unfortunately for gregor's mm-hmm. right because he's the guy well, who could identify that that's the wrong guy which right, he ultimately exactly. does you know, then Marie calls Lars to the hospital, and of course, he doesn't know why at, at this point. Gregor's wants a gentleman's discussion. You know, at, at first, it, it almost seemed like Lars was well, not it seemed like he initially does lie to him and says, I don't know what, right? That's about. Right, yeah. And then I guess he's like, No, I can't, I can't lie to him. I gotta tell him. Well, the well truth. Gregor calls him out, he's like, Dude, you know, like, come on. Like, you know something here. And yeah, to, to Gregor's credit, he's very patient with that. Because I think if I were in his position, I'd be, I'm like, dude, I just co- took a kicking because of you. And you can't even fucking tell, excuse me, everybody say, and you can't even tell me what's going on here. Like, come on, you know, like that's, that that's, you deserve, I deserve the very least, that's what I deserve, is to know what's going on. So not uh, not Lars's best moment necessarily at that point. But like you said, he, uh, you know, once Gregor's calls him out on it, he does admit that uh, that Gregor's took his beating for him. Yeah. And then Gregor's suggests they keep the truth from the women until he's doing a little better. So... Bro code. <laughs> What's that? It's a bro code. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now, the other story that, that we see in this episode, apparently Olaf has recovered his name, though we don't see it officially. We just hear about it. But it kind of coincides with what we know is going to be the fall of Maddie. Or, I mean, it, it, it certainly seems that way. You know, it's almost like they're setting Maddie up for this fall. She she's got her girls, her girlfriends over to give them a tour of Olaf's new house, as if she's the lady of the house. Yeah, I'm gonna we want to knock down this wall here, and and that'll give us a great room. I forget exactly what she says. Yeah, but uh, she's overreaching for sure. Well, for for certain, all of a sudden her you know her her day is really. Uh, I don't know that shattered is too strong a word. The vulva shows up. Maddie sees her. And and here's where I'm not necessarily confused, but I I don't know what to make of it completely. Maddie sees her, reminds her, we agreed not to be in touch in this time. Now, she's obviously distressed at the confrontation. We know why, why, or we know why she should be she doesn't know that did they meet in the past somehow did they meet in the past before the vulva came to the present yeah did they come to the present together i well, mean i guess that's yeah that, that last bit we don't know but we know for sure that they did meet in the past and they they knew each other in the past right so but we don't know 
you know, whether they came together and, um, yeah, like also, you know, there's also some other implied questions there. Like was Maddie's trip back to the future, so to speak, engineered in some way? Well, right. And as we've said, almost on a weekly basis, are any of, are all of these travels engineered by someone you know that we've not been made privy to at this point so i mean it seems kind of hard to believe that it's all random but i guess we don't know what we do know is uh olaf likes the white powder dude yeah he does the the dust of the white christ it yeah, makes God's to flame what, burn brighter. Yeah, okay. the white Christ. Yeah, um, you know, like he he would not be the the first celebrity to fall prey to you know Mister Charleston there, seemingly setting him up for a fall. Like you know, like oh, he's you know this the saint. He's staying. The church is giving him this house. Probably not a great optic if he gets you know busted. You know, trying to buy cocaine or something like that so well right especially after he already set tor hund up uh, right. to get arrested with the skull so uh you know turn turnabout would be fair play if that were the way things were going to turn out but we see both of them snort some of the you know, we assume it's cocaine i mean who knows you know i guess it could be some other drug but then we see at first i wasn't sure whose vision it was supposed to be, but I believe it's it's his vision because I think she asks him about it, tells him he'll once again be the king, but we see some visions of things that we can't really explain, and I'll just leave it at that. Obviously, you and I who have seen the final two episodes yeah. understand the significance, but but certainly there are some flashes there that don't necessarily makes sense for you know things that that we have seen and then he says i like that divine dusk i'll give you a bag before you leave yeah <laughs> like, okay oh it was great but but obviously the the game changer in all of this is what she's learned about alfeder and that a fire is burning in her that is not of this world that woman has been touched by the gods. And, and as we said last time, that, that it, it does seem as if she now supplants Maddie as that individual that's going to unlock Olaf's power. Now, what that means, we don't right. know at, at, at this point. We do not. You know, th- that statement, not of this world, the Volva knows that Alphador came from the present to the past and then back to the present. So, you know, that's not a surprise. It just seems like there's something more to that statement, not of this world, than, than we know at this point. And then speaking of Alphadur, uh, this metamorphosis that she has been slowly going through, I mean, the MRI results are explained uh, as that her hippocampus, which controls things like memories and perception of time, okay, you know, the two items that that play such a significant role here, that, that hers is much larger, more active than normal. Cognitive tests were high. What do you think about her demanding the doctor give her her files, erase what he's done? I wasn't sure what to think about that. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, strike a blow for, you know, privacy of information there, you know, good for her in that way. On the other hand, like she she hasn't really like it's not like she knows how to solve the problem, right? She went in because the problem is that she's, you know, sleepwalking. You know, it's she it's not like she's found the cure to that or anything. Oh, she has learned that her hippocampus is is a little bit bigger. So she's she's still kind of at that same place where she's like pretending that it's not a problem. Well, well, right. And he is so excited because she's so unique in, in, you know, what her, you know, I, I don't, I mean, he doesn't really have any idea about her abilities yet other than the, the cognitive test scores, but he, he does tell her that her sleep disorder isn't really related to what, he's found out 
relative to her MRI and, and her cognitive test scores. So I guess what I'm getting at is he seems to be implying he doesn't really say it, but I, I think this is what he means is that, you know, this your your case could help other people with similar cases. Right. Now, on the one hand, maybe there are no similar cases. Yes, Maddie has traveled both ways, but she doesn't seem to have that light burning in, inside of her the way the vulva describes. So, you know, are there different levels? And certainly, you know, there appear to be, I mean, we see her outside. Now, I don't know about you. She made such a thing at the hotel in London about the price of eggs. <laughs> so she sits outside her trailer. She cracks an egg about a quarter of it ends up on the ground she eats the rest disgusting but whatever yeah. well it's yeah you shouldn't do that. you know that's you just get salmonella like that you should never well, eat raw true. eggs yeah it's a terrible idea what's what are we supposed to take away from that scene i mean it, you know she perceives time slowing down as she watches that fly are we to think that possibly she can actually slow time like uh, I'm trying to think now what superhero or what show have we done recently where the character could actually slow time. Oh crap. I'll remember it after we're done recording. Um, well, it's like the but, flash kind of, I guess, you know? Yeah, but that that wasn't it. No, uh, I didn't, I didn't. Oh, Oh, and Lucifer. Oh, you haven't seen Lucifer. No, well, I saw the first brother. Episode. Okay, Lucifer's brother can slow time. Uh, Actually, he can even stop time. You know, I mean, or or is it simply that she can slow time down in the way she perceives it? Which, I mean, that's clear whether or not she can actually slow time because we don't really see what else is going around her, uh, going on around her in the trailer park. So. I thought that was a pretty cool touch. I mean, you know, the, the, it leaves us hanging as to what the truth actually is, but right. Oh, and that's the, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, the, the show in general, but this episode in particular does throw out a lot of stuff that they don't really give us answers to. So, yeah, we're used to it. Now we talked about Gregor's and uh, Lars' relationship. What are you feeling about Wanky and Alfeder? They're they're coming around. There's the girl power bond here. Like they decide to go and do some shooting to see who's going to have to buy the first round. And uh, so, because Alfield here is you know warming up to to Venki, then you know we are too, right? right. So we're like, sure. ah, I guess she's not so bad then, you know. The fact that she neutered her cat at uh, an advanced age, we won't hold that against her. But, you know, it, it, it comes back to the scene outside her trailer when she sees the fly you, when they're in the shooting range. And we know why there's only one hole in her target. Right. Alfilder almost seems as if she's not sure what it is she just saw. Yeah. You know, well, because she doesn't. Like advocate for herself, right? She doesn't turn around and say, "Well, no." I mean, yeah, it's one hole, but it's just because I put all four bullets through the same hole. Um, that is so mind-bogglingly improbable that she just knows. Even if, even if she did, believe, because you're right, it seems like she's unsure exactly of what she had just done, and also to know even to try and claim that for Venki. Like she's probably not going to believe her anyway, so maybe she just lets it go. But yeah, her, her look at her face—you're right—is she seems kind of, I guess, perplexed might be the word. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we have no reason to doubt Wanky's statement that she is the shooting champion. I forget how many years running, and we see what her target looks like, and you know, it's pretty darn impressive as well. You know, to to then expect as you you said i mean you didn't use the word impossible you used improbable and and still it's it's just i think another step in her metamorphosis you know fred mentioned i think last week about her english improving 
And while certainly Alfeder's been trained to use a handgun, we can't forget that episode. I think it was in the first first episode when she puts the gun down and it goes off and shoots Lars in the leg and all of that. So, you know, we certainly don't have any reason to think that she is a an expert shot. Um, you know, right. m- maybe with uh, a bow and arrow or a spear or, you know, an axe, maybe. Yeah, but we're, we're really getting the feeling that it seems like she's kind of developing superpowers here a little bit, right? Exactly. Like with the fly from before and now putting, you know, four bullets through the same hole. I mean, that's crazy. It's so unlikely that that could happen ever. So, um, yeah, like, yeah, I think we, she's becoming a, a superhero i guess right and the question is what's happened what's different uh, you know, we haven't really seen anything that should have caused this i mean she didn't get struck by lightning uh, she didn't get bitten by a spider see what i did there she didn't fall into a vat of nuclear waste there you go all right now the last story jack the ripper and john roberts is kind of the main story here and i love how they bookend it uh, you know, that opening scene where he's in an art gallery and he's looking at Edvard Monk's The Scream, which is, uh, you know, I mean, every school kid in America, I think, has probably seen an image of that at some point. Yeah, I actually saw it, the actual um, painting itself. It was at the Baltimore Museum of Art. Oh, and- okay. My wife and I got there, and we got there like right before closing time. I didn't realize it, so we just had to like kind of sprint to uh, to just go and check it out because that's obviously the reason, the main reason we we got there. So cool, it's pretty cool. So he's listening, and then all of a sudden, two women stand in front of it, blocking his view. Ask if he can take their picture, but then it's instantly clear that they know each other, that they're apparently part of the same tour group. So, uh, you know that you know he he, he lets that go, and that uh, the Seems mother like a, like a ski vacation, like they go skiing and then go to art museum. Like, uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, okay. I guess. But uh, you know, you know, we've talked a little bit about him, you know, trying to track down these three women, and and as we said, we don't necessarily know why the other thing that that happens as part of this story here you know we've, we've talked in previous episodes about the commander and uh harold and and how they seem to only be concerned with public relations rather than actually solving the crime and we've got this press conference this is certainly something you would not see in the united states uh, a reporter up on stage with the police apologizing for a story that turned out to be untrue thinking like okay and and that poor girl looked like she was near tears as well well i mean she's we know that she's a good reporter and you know and everything an ethical one and you know i i I didn't necessarily catch what they were saying she did wrong so they were they were just saying she made it up right right Right. So, which clearly is not the case, like, you know, but uh, somehow they've leaned on her enough to get her to admit this, which, of course, is not going to be any help with the fake news believers in the world. But Right. And, and I don't know how Norway's press freedoms actually work, you know, whether they were able to threaten her enough that, that she would get up there, whether it's a byproduct of... You know, this changed uh, population dynamic, and and this is, you know, something that has changed, you know, within the the context of Norwegian law. You know, we don't know any of that. It just certainly as uh, an American who follows journalism pretty intently, as I know you do, (laughs) that was something we're not going to see here for sure. But they claim that they've arrested a suspect who's going to be extradited back to England. And we, you know, rightly assume they're talking about Ben Joseph, which then pisses off Alfeder and Lars. And and as I said a a bit ago, Lars, even though he's still only an outside consultant, goes and and really, I don't want to say reads Harold the Riot Act, but he kind of does. And, and the the commander or whatever you you said whatever her name is uh, we don't know her name but her designation yeah. she's like 
Shh, keep it down. There are people around. They're like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's more annoying than Harold for sure. And he's pretty damn annoying. Yeah. Well, I mean, Harold's, uh, you know, he, he's, he's a pretty nice guy overall, I think. You know, like like in, in this one um, where he kind of, he kind of like turns, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, um, you know, when Lars tells him the next person that dies is, is going to be on you. And so he's like, all right, kind of like turns his back and lets them go off and do what they got to do. Yeah. But he even has to think about it for a second and, and, and uh, right. Right. Well, you know, I like guess. bureaucracy is a real yeah. thing, man. You know, like it's, there's, he's, he's got a job that he could get fired from. Now we've certainly talked about Lars and Alfeder's relationship as, as partners. And, and once they realize that Ben Joseph's going to be extradited, it's like, we need to question him. No, nope, you can't. Okay. Yes, we can. And, and uh, he drops that bombshell that he's been chasing John Roberts and that, in fact, John Roberts is Jack the Ripper. So if we are to believe Ben Joseph, then we have our answer at, at this point that um, Ben Joseph is apparently able to go back and forth. I mean, we saw him in the 19th century. Right. We don't know if he can go. Right. We don't know. Right. Back and forth. Right. Exactly. We, we, yeah. we don't. But, but somehow he was purposefully able to follow John Roberts back to the 21st. Now, John Roberts clearly can go back and forth, or at least he's done a, a trip each way one time. Right. So, but, you know, on the, also... Like I said, I mean, Ben Joseph was able to purposefully follow John Roberts back to the 21st century. Right, which then begs the question, he he did it deliberately. In other words, it wasn't um, random, him popping up in the 20th century, 21st century, the way all of the other travelers seem seem to be. And Alfeder says, well, how can a modern man be Jack? because he traveled backwards in time, of course. And, and again, we've talked about the fact that the general consensus is that's not possible. And as he says, well, the consensus is wrong. And, and yeah, uh, well, they know it's wrong because Maddie did it. Right. So, well, well, she did it. And Fred brings up in his feedback as well, that she is still not told Lars right. about herself. Right. And that she right. has, she, right. She knows that's right. She knows she did it as well. Yes. Well, right, well right, assuming right. she believes the, right, you know, the, the, the visions and all of that. And, and, yes. and uh, Tor Hund has no reason to lie to her. Uh, right. You could argue, well, the Volvo maybe has a reason to lie to her, but not really. I mean, you know, she's all about helping Olaf regain his power. So she doesn't necessarily want to make a case for Alfeder and then have it not work out. She's pretty darn confident that Maddie's out, Alfeder's in. So, you know, I think with both of those, so it'll be interesting to see when she decides the time is right to fill in her partner, you know, about that. But of course, they get caught questioning him and they are reassigned and you understand i I don't know if we know that bald guy's name i didn't look him up in imdb but they're they're reassigned to work uh, a murder case with him that doesn't seem to be all that important and and they you know they they certainly make it clear they're not happy being reassigned and i I like the dude his his attitude you know what come back tomorrow we'll we'll pick it up and then when they come back, you know, they, they apologize for their behavior, which, yeah. which again, I thought was pretty cool. But of course, ironically, we know it is important. It is tied into John Roberts, even though they don't know that, you know, initially. So seen a lot of shows, I think, and, and I, I can't even remember if it was in this show or one of the other crime dramas, my, my wife uh, and I watch, but, but the whole idea about, Police work is very often boring. Police work is very often like pouring through 15 pages of 
you know, phone numbers and looking for a link. And, and, and of course, that's what they're doing. And it's one of the things I think that strikes us immediately, you know, in, in the series about Alphadur, this Viking shield maiden has pretty quickly adapted to computers, to, you know, the mundane aspect of police work. And, and she seems, mm-hmm. you know, pretty good at it. And, and I guess you could argue she's even getting getting better at it but link between the tunnel murder the soothsayer that that you know we know there is a link and and we just have to sit by and watch them uh figure it out uh, yeah figure it out for themselves yeah yeah now did you notice what john roberts was reading in the bar uh i i you know i knew it was something but i was too lazy to yeah uh, the, so. the trouble with being born <laughs> So I don't I don't wow. know if it, I don't know if there was a subtitle it was a, it was too small but but we see the younger woman from the art gallery you know sit sits with him flirts with him we kind of suspect we know where it's going and, and of course it does go there you know it's it's the aftermath she's like hey stay the night we can go again in the morning he's like nah all right and then, he gets, <laughs> and then he gets a call it's like there's another woman it's like okay you're a dick. You know, we know you're a monster, but you're also a dick. So, right, 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 right. But, but, you know, we see that article where it looks like it's his picture currently and a picture that almost looks like him in the 19th century, but it almost looks like he's dead in that picture. And, I wasn't exactly sure what's going on with that. I mean, um, it's sort of implied that he committed suicide and that they're not looking for him anymore, but I don't know. Oh, right. Well, that was just when he, I guess, disappeared and went back into the past, I imagine. Okay. Okay. And, and, you know, we see the article where he apparently had to resign over, you know, because of a me too, accusation so again not not surprising what we've seen it but i guess at least he didn't no. he didn't kill him but well uh, he you know it looks like he was building up to that yeah well it? true 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 and then that final scene you know after uh you know he's already killed emma and the swat team has descended on the forest you know they find her dead body and then that final scene where john roberts it morphs into an image very much like the scream, which is yes. of course the scene at, at the beginning of the episode. So I, right, I, right. I love when they bookend things like that. And I love the way they, they did this here. Now I, well, well also cause they they kind of play with us because, well, is he going to scream? But instead he turned to just smile. Right. Exactly. Like, and, 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 and like we scream kind of. Yeah. You know? Right. Because there's, there's nothing we've seen out of him so far that w- would make us think he's horrified at what he's just done. And in fact, he's no. probably pleased and, and self-satisfied. So yeah. Anyway, uh, what else that we haven't thought to mention? Um, I, I think, I think we've kind of touched on everything that I, I'd taken notes on. All right. Well, you ready to hear what Fred's got? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay. All right. We will be right back. Hello, Dave and Wayne and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Foreigners Season 2, Episode 4. Okay. King Olaf on the drugs and Lars getting back to the drugs. I fully expected to see the Odin Dwarf again. But she didn't reappear. Perhaps the whole Odin Dwarf was something from his imagination just to convince him to take the drops. And now he is taking the drops. She doesn't need to appear. I was really amazed that the little bottle was empty next morning. So did he go on all night? If that is true, he was quite fit next morning. I do like the Jack the Ripper story. It becomes clear that people can travel up and down to the past. Although it's obviously a kind of secret and only a few people can do it. When I understood it well, the Jack the Ripper comes from our time, did go to the past and killed there many people and now is back in its own time. If I understood it right, 
Maddie, I really wonder if she is coming from the Norse time and traveled through present time and just went to school and became friends with Ingrid, or is she just a girl from present time that was for a time in King Olaf's period? For Alf Hilder, it's very clear. She's from our time and spent quite some time of her life in Viking time and came back. And that Ben Joseph, yeah, that's not clear to me if he came just to our time or also has the possibility to go up and down and follow Jack Tripper. On one hand, I was amazed that he spilled his beans now to Lars and Alf Hilder completely. On the other hand, he is transported to London and he thinks, well, this is my best chance telling Alf Hilder and Lars the story about Jack so they can catch him. It's not completely clear to me yet uh, which kind of women Jack picks out because he was very targeted at this certain girl that he killed in the woods. But the Asian woman with whom he had sex, uh, he just left. And what is that about that this set of women in the files is kept out of registration somehow? What is the meaning of that? And I really wonder if this whole time travel thing has something to do with the fact that Jack the Ripper is a physicist. Did he do something in his experiments? Did he evoke this whole thing? We probably all saw it coming that poor Gregors would be beaten up. And I think he behaved very brave and was also very mild towards Lars. And even Lars was amazed about that. I didn't realize that Lars couldn't understand the Old North language because Alvilder had to translate it, uh, what the guy, Ingrid's guy, said to him, uh, to his friends. He's the father of that whore. That was, of course, not so wise of him, but on the other hand, he is in his social skills very smooth, this guy. So this Viking learned some very smooth social skills. But perhaps that's also why he is in that line of business. And then we get a little clarity about Alf Hilder's brain abnormality. She is uh, very observative, very focused. <laughs> we see that with the nice shoot training together, Wenche. We all expected that she would be much better than Wenche, but the bullet going through the same hole is, of course, very good. And I fully expected that she wouldn't brag about it to Wenche and just accept it like, okay, you missed three and you got one right. Actually, if she would have done that, that wouldn't have improved her believability So she has some secrets now, which she doesn't discuss with Lars. And the other thing I'm amazed about, which she doesn't discuss with Lars, is actually that she came from present time. And now that it's becoming clear that more people can do that uh, from the Jack the Ripper story, I really wonder when she's going to tell him. And if she's ever going to look for her present time parents, for instance. Last podcast we saw Alf Hilder going to London and we saw there this announcement that 5 million people on 67 or so as a population of the UK arrived there. So that's a huge amount of people and I expect in Norway happening the same etc. Just a general remark is that that would have a big, big influence on the present population if all these people were taken out of their times, all their descendants uh, that would have been born after that are not born or born in present time. So that would give a major population shift. But okay, that's probably a hand wave, hand wave. Okay, that will be all for this time. Greetings, all the best. Fred from the Netherlands. Really, I think we covered a lot of what Fred brings up. Um, I certainly agree that that Odin was a hallucination. Um, 
you know, he, he brings up whether or not Maddie is from uh, the present. Maybe, maybe I misunderstood what Fred was saying there, that, that is she from the past and now is in the present. Now I have to see, now I need to go now, back and listen. Well, to I mean, well, she's was born in the 21st century and traveled back and then forward again. Right. Well, I think what Fred was getting at is, do we know for sure she was born in the 21st century? Ah. Now- uh, I mean, yeah, right. Okay. Now, we don't have anything that would make us think that she wasn't. We didn't hear that she was adopted by her parents, you know, anything like that, as opposed to Alfeder, who was, you know, pulled out of the ocean by Torhun's father. So, you know, we understand that that she was adopted, but we don't really- you know, know that about Maddie. So, yeah, I think we have to just go with the the standpoint that she's from the present, went to the past, as you said, and then and then came back. So, um, Ben Joseph, not so sure at this point. I mean, all indications are that he's from the 19th century and traveled to the 21st. But again, we can't ignore that he seemed to go to the 21st when he decided he wanted to go to the 21st right as opposed right, to right. randomly popping up like everybody else so exactly but i don't think it means he's from because remember right. they also said how he you know was in the the asylum or the hospital after he heard about the holocaust and learned about his um the fate of of his um relatives I guess would have been his, yeah, his relatives his grandchildren and so on so, uh, you know, he, uh, you know, didn't know about the Holocaust. So I would say not from the 21st century here. Yeah. Oh, good. There's someone who was born in the 19th. Right. Good point. And, and yeah, yeah. Good point. So, all right. Um, Fred, thank you for your feedback. And I guess it's at that time. Uh, well, there was just uh, one thing oh, yeah. that I mean, we kind of talked about this before, how Fred was like, he was surprised that, um, I think he said he's surprised that Lars didn't understand Sturla when he spoke in Old Norse, but we actually discussed before Old Norse is, you know, not like modern. It's, you know, it's actually modern Icelandic. Um, so it's probably a language that from one place or the other, you could probably have some words here and there that you understand, but they're not the, just as old English is much different than, than modern English as well. They've been so impacted. So, so yeah, we, we've seen that in a couple places where uh, the speakers of old Norse are, are not intelligible to the modern Norse speakers. Right. Well, that's the opening scene of the series. Remember Lars gets called away from signing the uh, yes. lease on their new place and, Right. right, 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 yes. Yeah, they have to bring that guy in as a translator. So, all right, well, I'm going to suspect you, you, you're you going to go B+, plus, but... I can be talked into an A- minus on this. Okay. Yeah, I... Which we will go. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go A-, minus. so, uh, okay. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good episode. Okay. A lot of stuff happened. We got some, we got some story movement going on here, so... Okay. All right, cool. Well, we got two to go. Um, uh, for, for you guys out there, just... just Rest assured, Wayne and I have started talking about what we're going to do next, and, and we actually, uh, you know, have some reference material that will hopefully point us <laughs> in a direction, not in necessarily a direction. Right. Yes, we just not necessarily we just need a direction. Yeah. Well, anyway, that will do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about be foreigners. Anything going on in your genre world? Check out the Facebook group if you haven't already. Emails can go to sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com. We'll be back next week to talk about episode five of season two of Be Foreigners. But until then. You know, Dave, I was just at a friend's house uh, last weekend, and he had the weirdest rooster there. It was This rooster was so goofy. But the first time I saw it, it was like, on one of the rafters inside the barn and it was like kind of like hanging upside down by the rafters I'm like what the hell and then like the next day I saw it it was like on a fence post again hanging upside down from the fence post and the third day it was like you know like a, a like a kind of flagpole hanging off the side of the house hanging off of that I, I, my friend is that is that the same rooster I'm seeing all the time? It's like yeah it's the same rooster I'm like ah geez you know, I guess a cock is a cock no matter how it hangs <laughs>